welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. This week we will be discussing the HBO Max series Station Eleven. And should be fun. Jordan read the book, so she can also be our resident person who compares the book to the show we love to see it everyone always everyone loves that person so much (laughs) but in the book this it was Uh, so well we'll get into it because i was gonna make a joke about people that's like oh it's so different this was so different though for real (laughs) but it was like very intriguing how different it was so excited to touch on that a little bit can't wait um but first, we have TV news. Um, I'll go first. Hillary Duff, uh, in a, in an interview, she like revealed what the storyline was going to be for the Lizzie McGuire reboot, and she said that her character is moving back in with her parents because she caught her soon-to-be fiance cheating on her, and she was falling on the fla- on her face. Being like, I need to pivot because everything I thought wasn't, I thought was, wasn't. And she's turning 30. And now I'm just so sad because it sounds great and relatable. Yeah, I'm upset about that we don't get it because it sounds really, really good. And like, it's the way that that news dropped like a million years ago was that it was like, basically, Liz McGuire can't have sex because it's Disney. But it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they were probably still going to make it like Disney appropriate. They just weren't going to like pretend. You know what I mean? Like it's not like HBO. And now that we have like, um, like the Marvel TV shows, like those like have F words and like, I guess I just am confused. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Well, and like Eternals had like a full on love scene. Great point. And so, hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I saw that and I was, it did make me even more bummed because we would all love to see Lizzie McGuire, 30-year-old Lizzie. Yes, we would. So promising. Uh, it, it kind of makes me want to start her How I Met Your Father just because it kind of made me like Miss Hilary Duff. Maybe. And don't you miss don't you miss our friend Samantha from Sex in the City? I really do. I really, really do. Some of the trailers for that looked a little corny, but I was like Maybe. I'm I'm tempted I'm tempted to start it and just kind of see how it goes. Yeah. My piece of news this week is that um they dropped kind of a teaser and release date for Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. Um, It's dropping September 2nd of this year. And the title, it's the Lord of the Rings colon the Rings of Power. And apparently it is about um, Sauron's like rise to power. So (laughs) intriguing. I don't remember if we knew whether they were just going to tell the exact same story as the movies and books over again. So it's kind of interesting. It actually really has the vibes of all the new information about the new Game of Thrones prequels and stuff. To me, it feels very Mm -hmm. similar. So I'm definitely intrigued by that. 
Yeah, the uh, trailer thing was really pretty. And it better yeah. be because they're spending so much money on it. Yes. It's worth tuning in just to see all those <laughs> dollars at work. <laughs> um, My last piece of news is just that um, they released pictures from the new Hulu series, The Girl from Plainville. Oh. Which is... um. That one girl who like texted her boyfriend and encouraged him to kill himself. I forgot they were even doing that. But the pictures they released, Elle Fanning literally looks exactly like her. And it is crazy. Yes. I totally forgot about it too. I forgot that Elle Fanning was involved. I forgot Mm -hmm. anything about this. And yeah, Elle with a spray tan. Oh, Our porcelain really... princess. <laughs> yes. It's funny. Like, that is like the main thing they probably did. And it just makes her look so different. It's crazy. Yeah. it. Yeah. The stills were good. And also it's like those kinds of um, like making a series about a real thing like that. It's always kind of like, okay, how is it going to be? But I trust Elle. She's so good. So I think it'll Same. be good. We'll see. I hope so. Um, all right. I think that's all our news. Short news week. On to our top three. Our top three is something we pulled from Station Eleven, the book and the TV show. <laughs> should we give a brief? Maybe you should give a brief synopsis. Wow. I didn't realize how hard this is to summarize. Station Eleven the main, main, main thing about Station Eleven is that there has been, like, a horrible pandemic that has basically forced, like, human humanity to, like, completely start over. Like, there's no internet anymore. Everything. And so, in the show, you're kind of jumping around, um, like, immediately after the pandemic, um, 20 years after the pandemic, and you're following... Um, certain characters and like how this is affecting their journeys basically and part of the post-pandemic life um there's one group of people who um are kind of residing in this airport that they've taken up as a home and made it their own and they create this museum of civilization where they kind of keep um old like artifacts like a cell phone of like like things that uh, existed before the pandemic and as like a reminder of what was and from what I've heard they focus more about this museum in the book than on the on the tv show but it's still part of the show mm-hmm. so we thought it would be fun to rank our top three um items from tv shows that we would like to keep in a museum so the museum of tv yes <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, Jordan, what's what's something you would keep in this museum? The first prop I thought of and I just think is really important and funny is uh, Mare's vape pen from Mare of Easttown. <gasps> wow, yes. Um, That's a brilliant, brilliant answer. Thank you. And it would teach all the people in the future about vaping, which is important. <laughs> even though i guess it would it really would be like 
frozen in time because I don't think, well, no, you they could still charge things. It was just like, there wasn't much that you needed to charge in the future because there's just not a lot of electronics, I guess. Mm-hmm. So And like, I think that at the airport, they were able to figure out a way to have like electricity, but mm-hmm. not a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, great answer. Thank you. My number three is the obelisk from Search Party. Oh, it's just kind of like the murder weapon that ruined everybody's lives and like set them on a path towards the zombie apocalypse, I guess we could say. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, seriously. That obelisk. (sighs) The obelisk. So funny. And it's so funny. Like, what a weird item that they chose for that scene and. And they have to, like, say it so many times. Yes. <laughs> but it's like a trophy. Like, it's so weird. I love it. Oh, man. That's such a good answer. Um, Thank you. My number two, I said, um, there were actually a lot of props you could take from this show. But what I landed on was, it's from Pen15, and it's the Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Um, mm. That's so big, it can fit three girls in it. <laughs> and because it's like especially i mean not so much i cannot remember that creepy liar girl that is so manipulative in their friend group but it's just so fun Mm -hmm. anytime maya and anna wear a shirt together (laughs) they're both their heads are popping out the neck hole it's so funny and I just really love that. I keep seeing that. memes about that girl being a part of the Euphoria cast. <laughs> I actually just saw one today how she would like end them and I was like honestly so true. That girl's so scary. <laughs> Hilarious. A runner up wow, item. Great answer. Ugh, thank you. The my runner up item from Pen15 was that thong that they steal from that girl <laughs> and are obsessed with too. Yes, great answer. It also makes me think of, I feel like I bring this up any opportunity I can, but the thongs from um, Degrassi. Oh, mm-hmm. well, one of my other bonus, I mean, we might as well intersperse bonuses in this list, I guess, because <laughs> another thing I thought of was um, from Degrassi, Marco's denim jacket that he like flips around mm. and it has Degrassi yes. in the opening credits. So iconic, but I didn't want to do too many clothing, like costumes from TV. Yeah, same. One of my bon- old one of my bonuses was Walt's uh, whitey tidies from Breaking oh, Bad. Amazing. They're so And then iconic. another one of mine was Emily's bucket hat. The bucket hat doesn't get enough love. That is the funniest thing from that show, in my opinion. It's so good. I agree. Um, but my number two is clothing. Okay. That I just couldn't not choose. And it's Connor's coat from Succession. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <sighs> I just like I'm obsessed with the idea that they like had to write that whole plot line into the show because he had like a broken arm in real life it's just like amazing to me it's so funny and it was like it worked so well even though it was something they had to write in like mm-hmm. it was so it was genius like, yeah it fit with this character so perfectly it was almost like like if you didn't know that was the order that like he broke his arm in real life and so they wrote it in it's like it almost is like they just made him wear a cast so that Kendall could fixate on this thing like it's just so Mm -hmm. perfect that it didn't seem like something they just had to shoehorn in but Mm -hmm. no one does it better than them writing wise so they do not make sense um 
Okay, my number one. The tech. This is jewelry. It's not so. It's technically kind of clothing, but it's different than like a costume, in my opinion. But <laughs> I picked Tracy's Egot necklace from Thirty Rock. Um, Great, because it's it's actually funny because no one. I don't know if anyone even said the word EGOT before 30 Rock made this whole plotline. Really? Like, I, I've, I, I'm fascinated by the EGOT status because, like, that is so wild that a person could win all those four awards in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it was, like, a thing before, but I think that 30 Rock made it, like, in the cultural consciousness. Like, that's a phrase that people know. I had never really heard it before it aired on the show. And so it's like a it's like a pop culture thing and a TV prop. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm obsessed. Well, lessons have been learned today. Thank you for teaching us. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs> because I've never finished 30 Rock. I don't know if I've ever seen that episode or um, item. Is it come in later or is it in the beginning and I just forgot? No, it's like in the middle. I was I think it's maybe like season four ish. I finished in the middle of three, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Tracy basically goes he goes to a jewelry store and there is a a necklace that just has egot like in diamonds. And he's mm-hmm. like, What is that? And they're like, Oh, it's if you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And then like <laughs> He talks to Whoopi Goldberg, who has, is an EGOT in real life. Like, it's just, like, so funny. But I really don't think – I think I think it made people – it really brought awareness of EGOTing. So – and made it, like, a verb. Like, I don't <laughs> think people were talking – like, saying, like, oh, they EGOTed before they 30 Rock it. made it a thing. <laughs> well, I love that. This would be a great museum, and I would pay a lot of money to go. Me too. My number one is the confession booth from Fleabag. Oh, gosh. The stories that confession booth could tell. (laughs) It would just be oozing with sexual tension that, like, you couldn't even get within 50 feet of it, probably. (laughs) (laughs) The pheromones would be fatal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just picturing it's, like, if you go to... um, like backlot tours and you can like take a picture mm-hmm. in like the friend's coffee shop and stuff but it's like enter at your own risk take like posing in the <laughs> in the confession booth exactly uh, wow that is absolutely genius thank you thank you very much did you have any other bonuses Are- um coach taylor's headset brilliant so brilliant <laughs> I guess Did you could you? do Tammy Tammy Taylor's wine glass. Oh, there's so great. many. There's actually a lot of Friday Night Lights things that mm-hmm. I would love to see in there. <sighs> wow, brilliant! We're brilliant. That's all. I love to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Station Eleven overview who we'd recommend it to how we felt about it i guess if we would recommend it how'd you feel jordan um i thought it was very very good i would recommend it to anyone actually i thought it was 
very watchable for all tastes, all tolerance levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was just so shocked at how different it is from the book while still being very grounded in the book because, like, the characters really felt like the way that I felt reading the book and knowing mm-hmm. the characters for the most part. But, like, the storylines go in such different directions and I just thought that was so interesting that how they were able to do that. I was very hesitant to watch this show because it was based in a pandemic world. I was like, I think that feels like too close to home right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw so many people talking about it. And so I'm glad we have this podcast to make me watch it uh-huh. because it was honestly like, it was like cathartic. Like it was... It was different enough to not make me feel like I was just, like, living in my same world I've lived in for the last two plus, two years or whatever. And um, it was, like, so different that it was, like, well, at least I guess it's not like that. And, like, mm-hmm. um, and the music is so beautiful. I, like, am really, really obsessed with, like, two of the songs from the from the score. And um, all of the acting is, like, brilliant, and it was very emotional. I was moved to tears multiple times throughout the series. It was a very emotional watch. I feel like they had a really good balance of, like, there's so many very, very high-stress situations in this show that where mm-hmm. you're, like, very, very worried and concerned for these characters, you know, like, like genuinely mm-hmm. feeling like I'm really worried about what's going to happen to this person, even though it's like a fictional show. But I I feel like they they balanced that with um, it was still like very feel good, even though it didn't shy away from putting these characters in stressful situations that were like scary and um, emotional. And yeah. I, I really liked that because it wasn't the kind of show where it's like too much to, to handle, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. It was a good balance. Mm-hmm. Like up until, I mean, um, up until like the very final moments of the finale, you're like still like stressed, but the, the it's like, I feel like catharsis, cathartic is like the ultimate word, like you just said. Thank you. Yeah, it felt good. And I agree. I feel like anyone and everyone could watch it. I've been recommending it to literally everyone and anyone who will listen. Okay, spoilers. I, I'm i going to start out with the things that I didn't like just to get them out of the way so that it doesn't sound like I hated the whole thing because there's only two. <laughs> First thing is the... Um, the lighter noise. Oh my god, <laughs> that was not misophonia. Misophonia friendly. I wanted to kill someone. It like went on for so long that I was like, please, I need. I I almost fast forwarded. I didn't, but I should have because it was making me very angry. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That this that's like a good way to diagnose if you have misophonia because I feel like. If there's like a very obnoxious noise, I do notice it and it does frustrate me and make me mad, but I did not notice that lighter 
like I noticed the lighter, wow. but I didn't mm-hmm. fixate on the noises. So I guess I don't have that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a good test. <laughs> and then just I, I did find myself a little bit, not like bored, but kind of disinterested in a lot of the middle sim uh traveling symphony is that what they're called yeah (laughs) um storylines just because they were almost like a little bit too like artsy fartsy and I was just like I don't know I don't really understand what they're saying and like who's who and like are any of these people related and um it was almost like just like a too like whimsical for me Mm -hmm. that it was like not relatable but um, I was just, like, so obsessed with Jeevan and Kirsten's storylines that it made it worth it. And it didn't bother me, but it was just, like, there was a little bit of, like, a lull in the middle for me. But then we got to episode seven, which is, like, the episode with Jeevan and Kirsten and what's the brother's name again? Frank. Ke- Frank. Um, in the apartment and I think that's one of the best episodes of TV maybe of all time I loved it I thought it was so beautiful yeah I would agree with that like if I were going to rank all of the different like plots slash settings I guess you could almost divide them into and groups of of characters in this show I would rank the traveling symphony pretty low and I think a lot of it is um for me like you're kind of touched on like there's just too many of them so mm-hmm. I couldn't I obviously care about Kirsten but it's that a lot of that is carried over from her following her as a kid and I did care about I, it's actually interesting because now that I say that like I cared more about the airport people than the Traveling Symphony but there were also a lot of characters in the airport so but mm-hmm. I feel like they were better at focusing in on like Clark got a lot and of Elizabeth stories. Yeah, exactly. And so I guess that is kind of the missing link for the traveling symphony for me is that like, it wasn't like I, I didn't like Kirsten and then kind of that younger girl that she is trying to look out for who keeps like wanting to run away and stuff. But the emotional tie just wasn't there. Like it was for the Jeevan Kirsten stuff. Yeah, like, for her, I wanted to know, like, who were her parents? How did they find her? Like, I knew that she was, like, born uh, post-pandemic, but I was like, who is she and why do we care about her? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Where would you rank Miranda's storyline? I'm trying to decide. Because I think that, yeah, Jeevan and Kirsten would be number one. It's just, it's actually so interesting how I, I love stories where everything comes together. So I really like that aspect of it where it's like, oh yeah. Me too. I, I said that it's Valentine's day, but in a, in a pandemic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's totally, it's like the love actually <laughs> of it all. That's yeah. so funny. Um, I, but I did, I liked the Miranda stuff cause I liked seeing, her like making the graphic novel and stuff like that. Um, and I I liked that actress a lot. I wasn't as invested when she was in Malaysia mm-hmm. as much like on her business trip. Um, and, and now that I'm saying this, I'm wondering if some of it is carrying over from the book because I feel you get a lot more Miranda um, like inner monologue in the book. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like her and Arthur's relationship is different in the book too. Um, slightly, not everything, but even how they meet, like they, they meet because they have this connection of they're actually both grew up in the same weird, small place. And so rather than just meeting in the diner, you know, and like him just being Mm. obsessed with her and like never leaving her alone. (laughs) And then they end up married. Like that was kind of (laughs) weird to me. Um, I also liked thinking about like how her project like paved like so much of this story is all about station 11 and dr 11 and stuff Mm -hmm. so I would that was a super long way to say like I did really enjoy those storylines how did you feel about them did you like that or not so much I think with Miranda's storyline it kind of made me sad that we didn't get to see her like fully until the very last episode and I think I wish I I mean, I do think that it helped with, like, dramatic effect to, like, not really know about her until the very end. But it made me not really care that much about her, even though I knew I needed to because her book was, like, the whole reason for this show. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think you saying that it was mostly the Malaysia stuff does resonate with me. So, And I think I had kind of, I don't think I'd fallen asleep, but I don't think I was paying that close attention to like one of her like main scenes where she lights that um pool house or like that her like office on fire like Arthur's house yeah I like missed that because then when it was showing it later as like a flashback I was like what (laughs) so yeah um yeah the things you're saying hers uh, maybe did feel a little half-baked especially compared to the book. I feel like a lot of the changes they made for the show were actually very positive ones, but there there were a lot of characters that suffered. I was actually really surprised um, because Arthur's character was also like a huge, like he's the connection between every single one of these characters. And we actually mm-hmm. see basically none of him in the second half of the show, which was kind of interesting. Like they don't even have like an image of him. Or, like, any kind of flashback, uh, like, seeing him in the finale, which is actually kind of weird because he was... They talk about him because, like, Kirsten talks... Like, they've all finally figured out who Kirsten was and things like that. So, that was, like, you can't avoid him. But it was just kind of interesting how I felt like he was de-emphasized a little bit um, Mm -hmm. compared to the book. You see a lot of things from his perspective. I think my favorite change for sure was making Jeevan and Kirsten's relationship like so, so important because I was telling Taylor and it was really fun actually seeing your reaction when I said that in the book, Jeevan and Kirsten literally have like they meet and he helps her find the babysitter at the theater and then they separate and they literally never see each other again. And then the show clear like the most important relationship in the whole show so it's like yeah it's wild it's just it's so I was shook at how that how they couldn't have been more different in the book he basically adopts her you know and like it's so important and so that was really interesting but I thought that was a really good change um I feel like the the weirdest change to me was um they really changed Tyler, a.k.a. the Prophet's character because, like, he's basically the vi- the villain in the book and is a very scary figure and his cult is much more cult. I mean, it's still very creepy in this, 
I feel like it was kind of interesting how like he's a very troubled person and it is really sad and I felt happy when he reunites with um his mom and stuff but it's like you also use children as bombs and I feel like they kind yeah. of like didn't really touch on that really as much. glazed over that yeah like mm-hmm. that was very messed up and traumatizing to see that part where they kill Tobias Fumke <laughs> but like mm-hmm. so that's actually kind of I feel like his character kind of confused me in the show because like clearly you're supposed to feel some sympathy for him but it's also very gross how he uses these kids so mm-hmm. kind of there was kind of a disconnect there for me it's like I literally don't know which I prefer at the end because I thought the show wrapped up so beautifully and it really converted me to the show fully. But I also kind of his character made more sense when it was just when he was just a straight up villain in the book. Would you say you're glad you read the book first? I mean, it's what you know, so I guess you can't really say. But yeah, I don't know. I don't regret it, but I do almost wish I'd waited until after I watched the show so that. I was just fully, fully invested in the show's storyline mm-hmm. instead. Instead of being, like, comparing the two. Yeah, totally. And being kind of confused, because at first I thought I was kind of second-guessing myself. I was like, wow, maybe I just, like, uh, skimmed over too much at the beginning because I was confused. But, yeah, I don't know. I I would say if you haven't watched – at this point, I guess, if you're, we're in the spoiler section, so you probably already did watch the show. But there's so – you know. Our friend got <laughs> mad at me this weekend. She was like, my toxic trait is listening to the full episode because I want to hear if I should actually watch it. And I like to know spoilers. So there are people out there who listen. Well, so we I'm thank glad. You. We thank you. Because I, <laughs> I don't, I have a, spoilers for me. It's like, sometimes I don't mind spoilers because I still don't really know exactly how they cu- they got there. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's like a straight up mystery and it's like discussing who a killer is or something, that's different. But it's not like we're going through the entire plot. So it's like I, I, I admire that. I, I respect that. Um, Yeah, I think we're different in that area because I love going into everything virtually blind. So, um, so I think I would just like to me that was that's the way everyone is. But it's definitely not because I know Jordan's not really like that and our other friends. (laughs) <laughs> okay sorry i what were you saying though um if you haven't read the book yet and you just watched the show i think it's still very worth reading the book because they're so okay. different the way i kind of was starting to reconcile it was that um the essences of all these characters are there but this the show felt just like a comp- like an alternate timeline where this was like almost a choose your own adventure thing where it's like if you're jeevan it's like in the book he just finds the babysitter and never sees Kirsten again and then we follow his journey after that of like what happens in that decision but in this we see the storyline of what would happen if Jeevan decided to just kind of take responsibility and and instead of like when he tries to walk Kirsten all the way home and then her parents aren't there and then he just kind of becomes her guardian and and then like that also sets all these other things in motion so it's like it's like two two different timelines with the same people mm-hmm. and it kind of at, so there were some parts in the watching the show that it felt kind of weird and I was like I don't like this as much and I'm sad that I don't but then by the end I was like no I like them both and I was like it's it's just such an emotional 
conclusion and everything coming together when everyone finally learns the truth of all the like all this stuff and it's just so satisfying and so I really grew to love both okay great something you mentioned that made me realize I had a question for you as far as just like your interpretation or if you know um in the end one of the children from the prophets group like stole Kirsten's book and gave and then gave it to the prophet and the prophet said like thank you Mm-hmm. Do you think the prophet asked her to steal it or do you think that she just stole it and gave it to him? That's a really good question because I can totally see it going either way. I know. Like the prophet still, you still can't fully trust him. It's like when they're doing Hamlet and you're like, oh, is he literally going to kill? <laughs> What's his name? Mm-hmm. And no one there knows. No one knows. Even Clark, he's like got a knife in his face and he's like, maybe I'm going to die right now. I have no idea because this guy is so... Mm-hmm unpredictable the way when i was watching it i kind of maybe thought that little girl just took it because it seemed like she didn't know it was a book you know like Mm -hmm. kirsten legitimately it seemed like she was teaching her that it was a book it wasn't out Mm -hmm. of the prophet's brain yeah so that's true that's a good point that's how i took it the first time but i also but it was also like the next day so maybe Mm -hmm. she had the little girl had gone and talked to the prophet and he was like manipulated her or directly told her go get that for me or something mm-hmm. i don't know interesting very interesting i oh one question yeah. i had for you because sometimes there were some parts at the very beginning it's really different from hbo's Watchmen series but i felt like the jumping around and the past and the future and all these different characters you don't know quite know how they'll connect yet there were some aspects that kind of felt like that to me and so mm-hmm. if you went in with no context of the book, were th- did it all make sense? Like, did the, the Dr. Eleven, I mean, Station Eleven, like, graphic novel, like, was, was there any disconnect there? Or were you able to follow that plot pretty closely? There was a little bit of disconnect, like, because um, a lot of the timing it, that's used, it's, like, 20 days before play. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what play they're talking about because, like, it's confusing with the traveling symphony. Like, Mm -hmm. they do plays all the time. So, like, what play is this? That's, sorry, just to briefly interrupt, that's a really good point. I feel like they shouldn't have even included all those little timestamps because Mm -hmm. I was like, we don't there's not enough context and i feel like there we did have enough context knowing like these people are older like the visual clues were enough that we could have figured out that this is now in the future this is now in the past mm-hmm. that i actually feel like maybe those weren't used that well so yeah okay and now continue <laughs> <laughs> that was it i feel like once the once i had a general understanding that oh the play is the book that like basically then I was able to like figure that out I still felt a little bit confused as to like what the book actually was because in my head I wasn't since the name of the show was Station Eleven I think Mm -hmm. I was anticipating that the book was going to be like basically predicting the future of what was actually happening oh yeah Um, and so it took me a while to figure out what the book even was and that it was just com- something completely separate that just Kirsten and the prophet really like 
immersed themselves in and I guess they took different things out of it but mm-hmm. um so it was a little bit confusing but I you like that's with any show it takes you a couple episodes and context clues I never like yeah. in the end I feel like I understand understood it all yeah totally I almost feel like having the book as context almost did me a disservice sometimes understanding things because I mean I just I just read it a couple weeks ago because I wanted to read it before the show and I almost feel like I read it too close to the watching it so some things I was getting confused yeah and then it's all scrambled yeah and there was and there was so much that was so different that I was like did I just miss something or is that straight up not in the show anymore and there were completely new characters that weren't in the book at all that I so then it was like wait I feel like so anyway I don't know I feel like this is one of those rare times where I would actually say watch the show before you read the book but they're both equally good and meaningful and emotional but they just like focus on different things and some of the characters their decisions are different and it's just it's interesting having them together I think sounds good thank you for your for doing us all a service and reading the book and watching the show. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, crush of the week. Who's it going to be? I feel like there's a few very, very strong crushes in this show. I am going to go with Gael Garcia Bernal, who plays Arthur Leander. I love him in like, uh, outside of this show too I think he's like such a cutie he's so talented he um he was really it was really interesting casting in the show I would not have pictured him as that character at all while I was reading it um mm-hmm. but it was really I feel like they played up his kind of like cutie like ability because like he was like very flighty and easily bored in his these like relationships and he was very flawed you know but like mm-hmm. he was still this lovable personality for all these people you know and so it was just it was really interesting casting and I thought he did a really really good job yeah he was great and I wish we could have seen more of him um mine goes to Jeevan I just wow I'm just obsessed with him and um he's played by Himesh Patel, who um, is in that Beatles movie yesterday, and he's in Tenet, um, and he was just really good. He was, and I mean, so I think good. everyone was so good in this show. Like, I think that Mackenzie Davis was amazing, and I loved young Kirsten. Her eyebrows were incredible. <laughs> um. I also loved the prophet. I also thought he was really hot. I loved his overalls that he was wearing all the time. And like, yeah. I just thought it was funny. Like, where does he find all these overalls? Like, <laughs> did he find someone who wore a lot of overalls before <sighs> the pandemic and then just like raided their closet? I mean, he could I have. I, the fashion was so interesting because you literally, they really were convincing outfits of like, what can we find to wear? Mm-hmm. But it will also keep us warm and be functional. But, like, mm-hmm. they were also very quirky and, like, fun. So, yeah, the outfits. Like, they all had their own style mm-hmm. still. Yeah, they were awesome. Um, Also want to shout out for sure um, Caitlin Fitzgerald from Succession as the Prophet's mom, Elizabeth. Um, 
She did a really good job. She had an interesting yeah, role. Yeah, she did great. And I also felt like her aging makeup was very good. I did too. I agree with that. Um, yeah, one of my notes in my folder is, LOL, they found Roman's girlfriend, Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of her as Tabitha for sure too. That's her. I had to look up her act, the actress's name, because she'll always be Tabitha to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. She actually. It was funny because I feel like I've only seen her because even in Succession, like she's not in it that much. Um. And so she was in. The, she was like a very important character in this. So it was fun seeing her like be a lead and like have a lot to do, like a mm-hmm. lot of different things to do with this character. She's a main character in Masters of Sex, and she's very good in that. So I was very excited because I really liked her in that show. Um, yeah. Oh, also we have to shout out um Timothy Simmons. Oh, one hundred percent. Just a very fun. We love seeing Jonah Ryan anywhere we can. Would we ever want to be stuck with him? On the last day of our lives, I don't know, but <laughs> he wasn't as he wasn't as obnoxious as he is as Jonah, but he still is just so good at being kind of like this annoying guy, even though even if it's mm-hmm. a little more subtle than than Jonah, but it's just kind of like you're I don't even know the right word, just like a coworker <laughs> like. Like, there's this coworker that you feel like has nothing interesting to say. <laughs> yeah. Wow, when you put it like that, really makes you think. <laughs> really makes you. Yeah, like, someone you're on a business trip with. <sighs> who who would you want to, um, yeah, who would you be on a business trip and stuck with and die with? Like, hmm. I'll be thinking about that for a while. That was a pretty jarring scene when she was, like, taping up her hotel room. Yes. That was, that was, um, effective. <laughs> Very effective. And it made me think, wow, I should go out and buy some duct tape just in case. Yeah, seriously, your, like, safety <laughs> kit. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. All right, well, please watch Station Eleven. We really loved it. Next week, we will be discussing three Netflix original movies, Power of the Dog, The Lost Daughter, and Don't Look Up, which I think Jeevan is actually in Don't Look Up, I noticed mm-hmm. on IMDb. I was I was scanning that last night, too, and I was like, oh, yeah, he is We won't let that. our opinions be known about that yet, <laughs> but should be fun. He's in it. That's all we'll say. That's all we're going to say. So tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.